0: rugby league fans welcome to the nrl back three podcast coach lj and squid here bringing you bands from the week that was and of course the week ahead and boys we just had round 25 and you know what that means this season is all done and dusted we are full speed ahead into strap on september Woo! finals is here this coming weekend cannot fucking wait but before we
1: get to that boys how was your weekend lj how was my weekend how was my weekend? Do you even need to ask? Nothing quite like strapping off for September, sitting back and enjoying the ride. Round 25 is dusted and now it's really time for the cream to rise to the top before we hit orgasm October. And do you know what's even better? It turns out anyone can put their hand up for the Kiwis after SJ is hoping for a recall. Me too, SJ. So Mad, you know, you know where to find me? I'm on a podcast. What about you, South Squid? Yeah, keen
2: to put my hand up for the Kiwis. But, boys, I have a bit of a different one this week. Uh, Played for the Squid Stags, as you know, uh, proudly captain that team. But we only managed to get through half a game. Now, poor old Bobby O'Brien, one of the legends of the Squid Stags, suffered a heart attack on the field. Shit. This is actually not a joke. This is legit what happened. He suffered a heart attack. Um, Everyone's like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And, you know, had to resuscitate him. He finally come to, and he's just, he had to come out and admit, it's like, I'm just not prepared for strap-on September. There's just too much excitement for him. His poor little beating heart just stopped, needed to take a minute. Uh, So he's on the mend, which is great. But I'm just feeling for him and not sure how he's going to handle Orgasm October in a few weeks' time.
1: (laughs) I don't know if his heart will be up for it. I've actually played with Bobby. He actually wears uh, gold shorts, so he doesn't get the tags, he gets the touches. And he's a crafty little devil from number nine. So wish all the best to him. But speaking of how good... Oh, you know what I'm going to bring up. Speaking of the Sharks winning the weekend, but you know what I want to highlight? How good was it to see Moylan having some fun out there with the opposition? Clemmer was fired up. He wants to throw punches. Then Moylan grabbed one of those team bottles that 100% doesn't have any backwash in it and squirted all over Clemmer's face. Then Saifidi gave him the wrong eye, so he squirted in Saifidi's face as well. And then you've got your boys like Royce Hunter and Talakai stepping in the way, so no one's throwing punches. But, oh, the fun's there, boys. If the fun's there, oh, it's, it's strap-on September, baby. <laughs> oh, what about you, Squid?
2: It definitely seems like Moylan is uh, enjoying his footy again, you know, taking him back to the days when he was at the Penrith Panthers. Like, he's finally playing with a little bit more m- more pride and passion, and he's just coming through, and it's shown on the field. And all those Sharks, boys, are, as you say, gathering around him, whether it's to protect him or to have fun too. But for me, boys, oh, Fuck. This one kills me, but I have to say it. Jaden Campbell's performance absolutely killed the Warriors. They could hardly tackle the kid. He's 60 kilos dripping wet and it was pissing down. So he's about as wet as they get. Played well, killed the Warriors. Fuck
0: him. Coach, how good for you? Yeah, mate, just like Manly, fuck Jaden Campbell indeed. But how good for me was that? eels performance over the weekend they took on the storm on thursday night and jesus christ from start to finish they were just on a run and basically the storm had nothing like their outside wingers were fucking great the rest of the team shit house and i think it was all down to the eels attack and their uh way of Running down the forwards and making sure that they were tired from fucking probably like the 20 minute mark. But it was good to see the Eels. They're uh, looking pretty strong this year, boys. We're going to touch on our favourite teams later on. But uh, what were your thoughts?
1: You know what? That Eels, oh man, that really kicked off Strap on September. Great as well. That is the game. That is what you want to watch every weekend. Fuck, I love watching Melbourne get punished as well. So here's for more this weekend. Any thoughts, Squid?
2: Yeah, it's like, um, you know, we've been saying for the last three or four seasons that the Eels, you know, they normally just peak a game or two early. So I'm not too sure whether they're actually hitting their straps at the right time. and going to go all the way or if all the other uh, teams left are licking their lips and just thinking, oh, well, here comes old classic Eels. They're going to ejaculate prematurely and not be there at the end.
0: <laughs> you know what, boys? It actually reminds me of a joke I heard on one of my favorite podcasts. It's uh, Does anyone here know that uh, why the Storm of the color purple? <laughs> it's because they always choke at the end of the year. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, let's move on to the Storm's favorite section, Muppet of the Week. our 3
1: Muppet of the Week. Now, boys, for me, Latrell Mitchell just fucking texts me being like, you know, I've got this locked in because he was like, I'm, I want to be Muppet. He didn't want to play Origin, but fuck, he wanted his hand out for Muppet of the Week. And boy, did he deliver. So in the weekend versus the Roosters, the game was still on the line. They get tackled on the one meter line and they play the ball and Latrell just sneaks his hand out, puts his hand on the ball and rolls it towards him. And they just let it play. And the refs like, well, fuck, mate, you're gone. And he just gave the dumbest look I've ever seen on face. What do you mean? Me? What for? And then he walked off. And the best part about it. So he left. They started scoring the games back on. He only had 10 seconds to come back on. And he sprinted onto the field. And he missed two tackles as he tried to put a hit on. Oh, oh, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh. Man. That's mate. got
1: to be one of the strangest
0: things I've seen on the NRL field. He was... Uh basically on all fours, getting ready to pounce by the looks of things, and then just grabbed and raked that ball with his hand. It was was pretty fucking dumb.
2: Well, we all know Latrell personally, big fan of the show, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to give him a steady victory, let alone nomination yet. So he just wanted to try and make a last-ditch effort. Maybe if I get Muppet of the Week, I could get one of those steadies and you know finally have something to be proud of on my trophy case. So unfortunately, he tried a last-ditch effort, like he did in the last 10 seconds of that game, but he's fallen up short and he's only Muppet of the Week. But we're up for our first steady Muppet of the Year. And
0: the nominees are... Gus Guild, The Warriors Organisation, Ricky Stewart, and Mitch Barnett for Fucking Up Chris Lewis. And the winner is... Fuck
1: me days, boys. It's the Warriors. (laughs) Oh, fill the trophy cabinet, boys, because we're bringing a steady home. They put up multiple nominees this year. I mean, Reese could have had it. Sean Johnson could have had it. The CEO could have had it. The owner could have had it. Fuck it, the Mount Smart Stadium staff could have had it. You know what? It was a collective effort. We'd like to thank you, Warriors, for fucking winning something because you can't win a game to save yourself. But congratulations on the CD. Uh, and it only
0: brings up the question, the Warriors boys, 2023. Are they going to improve or are they just going to go back-to-back Muppet of the Year contenders? Like, for me, I think we have hope with all these new players that are about to join us, but that doesn't mean shit if they're not coached well. So
1: that's my only concern. We might have to bring back worried as next year. But uh, your thoughts, LJ? You know what the hardest thing is? There's 17 teams next year. So, shit, we now have to beat an extra team to not finish in the same place. Oh, this kind of gets me starting to look at the ladder. While we're there, we should go to Sean Johnson's favourite section, Ladder Talk. Ladder Talk.
0: Well, boys, the season is over, and our ladder predictions from the beginning of the year have now come into fruition. And you know what, boys? We weren't looking too far off for majority of this. Uh, Looking at all our top eights, it looks like most of us got majority of them right, which means, of course, the bottom half was just as right or wrong as well. So uh, in regards to the ladder, boys, we, of course, have the Panthers, the Sharks, the Cowboys, the Eels, the Storm, the Roosters, the Rabbits, and the Raiders all making it through to the final this year. And, well, for me, I managed to predict the first place winners, the only one to predict it, actually, and that was the Penrith Panthers. And, of course, I got to nail that wooden spoon as well, so the Tigers, I got them in correct position. And, funnily enough, I actually predicted the Bulldogs to uh, get 12th place, I do believe. So, you yeah, managed to get those three right, and uh, pretty happy with my predictions. I like to say that I'm the one in this podcast who doesn't put bias into uh, the top eight predictions, because of. I'm yet again the only one to have the Warriors outside of the 8. But, uh, LJ, <laughs> mate, what are your thoughts on your top 8 and bottom, mate?
1: Well, quite surprising. I had Manly in the top 8. Uh, Warriors, well, that was stupid. But Titans, I thought they could do something after last year. But, you know, I'm kind of glad they didn't. But the, the only two teams I got right was Eels at 4th and Bulldogs at 12th. So, you know, not my greatest win. Um, but you know what, they are what they are. But also Tigers, I picked them second to last just because I fucking hate those dragons. <laughs> you know what? Dragons, I believe in you. Next year you can become seventeenth. You can do it. Champs, come on. <laughs> what about you, Squid?
2: Yeah, well, just looking at my predictions, you know, from the start of the year, obviously putting the Warriors in the eight was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you guys are gonna get it. Um, but yeah, manly, I don't really have any excuses for that one. But, you know, looking at the table, I do, I have to apologize sincerely to the Cowboys actually, because I picked them all the way down in 15th, uh, thinking that they were going to be shit. But have they proven me wrong? Um, and then, you know, the obvious one, we all, we all knew that Tigers were going to be trash. So, they are where they deserve to be and that's the only one that I got right as the uh, rightful wooden spoon position
0: yeah and uh, obviously Manly we all picked Manly to be in the top four which is crazy upon reflection but then in saying that Toby Turbo uh, missed out majority of the season and then uh, I was the only one to predict the Cowboys being in the top eight I had them in eighth position but even then I was pretty skeptical I just thought that Payton would have some form of improvement in the team but the fact that they're top four just blows me
1: away Fuck, I wish the Warriors could land a coach like Peyton, eh? Because, shit, look what he can do with a team. Look what he can do. 100%. Everyone had them out of the eight, except for Coach. Coach and Todd Payton. And they know something different. Yeah, mate. All i got to ask
0: for is I hope that Andrew Webster is a good coach because he's untested. So he's an assistant coach. But, uh, fingers crossed, he can take us from 15th position, which is fucking an abomination. Cannot believe that the Warriors got 15th. But, uh... Fingers crossed he can get them on the improve. You know what? I forgot about that seventeenth team as well. So fifteenth actually won't be an improvement. But I am just noticing as well, we all predicted the Raiders
1: to miss out on the top eight, and they just snuck in there, which is pretty pretty crazy. Good on you, Sticky. It's quite funny. We all picked that. We all picked them as tenth, knowing that they will choke, but they haven't choked yet. They haven't. They haven't caught the Melbourne Storm.
2: Really chaps my khakis that they made the eight. <laughs>
0: Oh, well,
1: boys, well, that's our ladder predictions for this
0: year. And I look forward to next year as well. Let's see if we can improve, boys. Let's try and get at least five correct picks each, I reckon. That'll be a good prediction. But speaking of predictions, boys, let's talk 2022 Premiers and that Grand Final. Guys, who do you think will, first of all, make the final? And who are you predicting to actually take it out, take out the big gong of this current season? Squid.
2: I'm just going to come out and say it roosters versus panthers is my grand final prediction call me crazy but the roosters have been playing great football and are 8 out of 10 over the last 12 weeks don't ask me how it works but the numbers add up and the form is there now the panthers have been the team of the past few seasons always finding a way to win no matter who's out this is probably the only team that could survive with injuries at this time of the year but they'll be too strong at the backside of strap on September coming into Orgasm October, and they will be the Premiers yet again going back to back.
1: Premier is more like premature ejaculation because both those teams are getting out of this competition ASAP. Because for me, boys, I've got the grand final as the Sharks versus Cowboys. Now, you've heard it here. They're going to play each other in the first round, but I think the Sharks are going to win that one and then verse them in the finals again. Honestly, if you don't know, there is a lot of history between the two clubs. There was the old seven seven tackle set um 2015 the cowboys won it by knocking out the sharks 2016 the sharks won it then knocked out the cowboys there's a lot of hate between these teams people have forgotten about it and also you're not know chad townsend he's won one with the sharks now he's trying to beat us so for me i've got the sharks winning it because fuck i can't go against them and this is going to be hell for me over strap on september before orgasm october
0: Oh, LJ, mate, I'm sure you just want to add to that tattoo that you have on your uh, left ankle, is it? Left? Yeah, old lefty. Mate, all about it. But uh, for me, boys, I'm predicting that it's going to be uh, Panthers versus Eels Grand Final with the Eels taking it out. Now, once again, call me Crazy Squid because, boys, based on their last two games, they have built massive momentum heading into the finals, and they're still the only team to beat both the Storm and the Panthers this season. Who have all year been considered the absolute best of the best and probably the two favorites to take out the competition now papali rcg and lane are their three most important players as they get their legs moving in the middle gaining all the yardage to set up their halves and outside backs and boys they've got the secret weapon they've got sivo 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 oh A lot of folks are going to say I'm dead wrong, and I also hope that the Panthers go back-to-back like squid in the sheds, but hey, I reckon this is finally the Eels' year. But speaking of the Eels-Panthers game, boys, let's head on over to this weekend's first game to watch. Yeah! We got some games to watch. We got some games to watch. This weekend. Now, you've already heard my thoughts, guys, but Squid, mate, what are your thoughts on Game 1 Panthers versus the Eels?
2: Coach, you're dead wrong.
0: Now, I'm not saying that the Panthers and Eels won't
2: make it into the final because they both have a life, but I can't see the Panthers losing Round 1 of the finals this year. They are just too hot. They, they were able to rest 13 players, mate. They're going to come out fresh as daisies. I know that the Eels didn't have a tough game, but you can't stop. A fresh Panthers team they've got Ivan Cleary coming back and that dude is ready to run in absolute muck and he's actually going to make Mitchell Moses look like the second grade halfback that he is so Panthers all the way in this one for
0: squid oh as I previously mentioned mate the Eels are on a fucking run though their momentum is looking strong and as you mentioned this the Panthers have rested pretty much half their team so that could almost stagger them I know they did that last year but it could hinder their performance so once again, I think they're going to meet in the finals, but I uh, oh, I honestly don't know. Maybe, maybe the Panthers win this one, the Eels win the second one? Nah, fuck it. I reckon the Eels are going to win both.
1: Your thoughts, LJ? Oh, it's an interesting one. Nothing straps me on harder in September than seeing a first-round upset, and I would love to see the Eels just deal it to the Panthers. You know, what? I think they can. I honestly think they can. Now, there'll be some men slapping beef. There'll be some strap on September. There'll be some tries... Oh, I'm a little bit excited. I might need to take a time off. I couldn't agree more, mate. I think this
0: is definitely gonna be the game to watch. But speaking of things which are electrifying, let's head on over to our second steady for this podcast. Now I'll take the reins on the steady boys, and I've gone with the Dane Nielsen Player of the Year Award, aka the trash bag of the season. And boys, <laughs> have I got some fucking nominations for you? This might be the season of all seasons for this award. So the nominees are Luke Brooks, Morgan Harper, Reese Walsh, and Charlie Shitstains. And the winner is... Come on, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. Yay, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. Reece Walsh. For Ooh. The fucking worst second-year syndrome <laughs> in NRL history. Seriously, boys. He was electric in 2021. I think we even gave him the city for rookie of the year, but fuck, he has been absolutely trash this year. I honestly don't get the commentators and all the experts talking this bloke up because fuck, he has been a speed bump in the back there. Probably the worst defense in the game. In fact, that's a stat. He legit missed the most tackles and probably conceded so many more tries than the competition. And Reese, you have deserved the Dane Nielsen Player of the Year award tenfold, mate.
1: I don't think I've ever heard a player who deserves it more. Like, you know, some players just really put it all out on the line and some people just miss every tackle they attempt. And you know what, Reese? You really lay down. You lay down and let people run over you, your team run over you, you let the fans down. Jesus, Roger Shrew, Vasyshek, didn't even want to do a chewy for you. Reese. just disappointed, but congratulations. Uh, You've gone up there with one of the greats like Dane Nielsen, who's a... Another warrior's grape.
2: Boys, <laughs> well, so I um, I think we're actually in uncharted territory here because uh, we've given away two steady so far and reese walsh has won both of them <laughs> technically you are right <laughs> oh, man you everyone will just have to uh stay tuned and see if he can continue on this hot streak
0: yeah well that also brings up uh the fact that he won the people's choice award for the warriors this year now i don't know which people they're fucking talking to but there is no way that he was the people's choice they've got to be jc surely Josh Curran?
1: Oh, easy, easily. Clearly, I'm not a people because fuck, I wouldn't vote for him. <laughs>
0: no, I, I honestly just don't get the perception of this dude and how, pe- how good people think he is. And maybe he will get there one day, but right now, he is not a good fucking NRL player. He has a long way to go.
2: They just get blinded by the looks, I'm sure of it. They will just think he's all attractive and it comes with talent. Mm-mm. It's not how it works.
1: That actually brings us to our next section where people obviously get blinded by the lightning, the storm themselves. They think they're God's gift to woman slash league, but you know, our second games to watch is the first elimination final of the Storm V Raiders. Yeah! We
0: got some games to watch. We got some games to watch this weekend. Now, fuck me boys if this game was two years ago i would have been fucking excited you can guarantee it the storm versus the raiders of 2020 geez that would have been a good game to watch but in all honesty i think the storm are going to be far too good for this one i cannot believe that the raiders have made their uh their finals this year my boy cnk absolutely deserves to make the final series but uh, I, uh the rest of the team no i got no idea i don't know what how they did it i Can't remember them ever being good this season, but they somehow got in the eight. But I think the Storm are just too good for this one. Munster's going to rip up. Hughes is back. But yeah, this might be the first 60-point drubbing in a final series. What do you reckon, LJ?
1: Oh, mate, we must be watching different games because I'm about to watch the Raiders de-storm the Storm and fucking send them home packing early on. Mad Monday never felt so good in the start of September for Melbourne because, you know what, the Raiders have them. They have their number and... A few stats I'd like to pull out. Uh, The Raiders actually only won two of their first 12 games, and that was without Jamal Fogarty, then starring number seven. Ever since then, they've gone on a rampage and suddenly are in the eight
0: some someone once told me that they went to run of eight out of 10 in the last 12 maybe was, oh no that's a different team that's the sorry
1: <laughs> Fuck, if the Raiders had that luck they would be good but honestly I see it as a closer game than people imagine storm are looking vulnerable this is the most vulnerable I've ever seen them They're, they don't have that explosiveness at fullback their wingers are okay center you know Olam's great not even knows who the other center is They're just showing some weakness He's showing some weakness And if you want to knock the Storm out, you have to knock them out round one. Because as soon as they make round two, that grind will come in. They'll start winning 10 to 8. This is the time. Raiders, I fucking hate you. This is the one time you can do something for me. Don't fuck it up. Squid.
2: Well, one of those uh, statements was true. And it was um, the only thing that LJ pulls out is stats. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got about your game analysis, mate. Oh, Melbourne, they are just a finals team through and through. There's no way they get eliminated in week one. There's just too much strength. They've got one of the best players in the game in Cameron Munster. Like Coach said, Hughes is coming back solid. Harry Grant solid. They've got Kiwi contingent all through the forwards, the Bromwich brothers. The only one that they're missing is Pappenhausen, and they've been to the final without him before. So I can't see them losing to the Raiders. Now, I know the Raiders have been on a scoring streak, uh, they've scored 150 points over the last four games, but I think they've just—they've probably tapped out their points and they've got nothing left. So it's all going to be Storm all the way.
0: Now I got to say the one weakness the Storm do have is that apparently Kenny Bromwich is incredibly easy to tackle. After that <laughs> scrubbing. he got smoked from Mitchell Moses of all people last weekend. So if I'm the if I'm the Raiders, you just run it straight at Kenny Bromwich. <laughs>
1: You know, that's going to be one of the best tackles I've seen from the halfback. Nice. And my favorite part was he laid him up. And if you watch, he drops his head and puts it on his chest right under his chin. So as he lays there, he kind of drives it in. So like you see Kenny starts struggling for breath. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mitchell Moses just whispered into his ear, I'm in room 206. Because you're now my
2: bitch. (laughs) I think Mitchell Moses is the only one that's actually got pockets in his stubbies that he pulled his pocket out and he's like, you hold on to that, Kenny. You're my bitch now.
0: (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Well, yeah, this is going to be a pretty interesting game to watch. Uh, It kicks off our sloppy Saturday this weekend. And uh, boys, there's nothing left to do other than head on over to our next Steady Award. Squid.
2: Well, boys, this has got to be my favourite Steady every year, and that's why you guys let me do this one, because it's just an absolute screamer. It gives us all the young talent coming up who are going to be the winners, You know who are going to be the next future Immortals, who are going to be Premiership winners, who are going to play rep football, and this is, of course, the Steady for Rookie of the Year. And the nominees are, debuted in round two with 19 minutes off the bench and 26 post-contact meters. Of course, it's Phoenix Crossland. Nominee number two, debuting in round seven with 32 minutes and a solid 18 tackles. For the Newcastle Knights, it's Phoenix Crossland. And our third and final nominee for Rookie of the Year, debuting in round 19 with 72 minutes and a try on debut in the 73rd minute, is the one, the
1: only, Phoenix CrossFit. Ooh,
0: fuck. I wonder who this is going to be.
1: That's a a tough selection.
2: And this year's winner for Rookie of the Year, debuted in round two with 26 post-contact meters, Felicia. Nah, just kidding. It's Phoenix Crossley. Well done, Phoenix. You know, you started off well this year, mate, and we see nothing but a great future for you in your
0: NRL career. Yeah, 100%, mate. The moment he debuts next year, I really think that he's going to be a future
1: immortal. He's been
0: training the house down at practice, and I just really see bright things for this bloke. Well done, Phoenix
1: you know what some of the fans at home might be mad because you know jerome nanai with 18 tries as a second rower you think he might be up there we've also got you also got Taylan may running up a storm as young brian O successor you even got mr isaac targo himself running at center but you know what, they didn't deserve it because phoenix crossin debuted this year and he fucking put on a storm and that's what you want to see from a future immortal. Like They're going to cut down the Andrew John stadium. Even that little section, it's just going to be Crossland soon. It's going to be Crossland Stadium. Phoenix everywhere.
2: I'll tell you what, LJ, you're absolutely right, mate. If Phoenix Crossland didn't debut this year, any of those players that you just listed off had a solid chance of being Rookie of the Year. But, you know, it's just gone against them and Phoenix Crossland did come out after all the hype and delivered. I'm not surprised that Phoenix Crossland has gone back-to-back rookie of the years because he's a huge squid fan loves me in the shower back to back it's what he's all about so there's no arguments from me speaking of no arguments I know that Kosh and I have a pick for this next game in our game to watch and it's number three finishing off sloppy Saturday and that's Sharks versus Cowboys yeah
0: we got some games to watch we got some games to watch
1: weekend, got some games to watch. <laughs> got some games to watch on Sloppy Saturday. Oh, boys, if that first game doesn't get you half mass you will be full masked as soon as it kicks off because we have the Sharks versus the Cowboys. Oh, the Sharks, you know, people don't realize we haven't been full strength for probably like the last 10 weeks. We've been missing our fullback, we've been missing some centers, some wingers. Shit, William Kennedy is supposed to be back. Sione Katoa had a season entering pick tier, but he might be back next week. Connor Tracy's back. The troops are back. I mean, Talakai hurt himself on the weekend, but that was just to show the lady at the physio he's pretty keen on that. He just fix this ankle and I'll be sweet. So, you know what? I don't know what I have to say to Cowboys. Cowboys, you're about to be fucking stomped. Literally, Jeremiah Nana, you ain't scoring today, buddy. You ain't getting zero points this week. Valentine Holmes, mm-mm, not today. You ain't getting nowhere. Squid, I mean, throw your thoughts out there. It's not going to matter, but why do you think the Sharks will win? Squid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: I, was, I said this, uh, you know, when we were brainstorming earlier this week, and I just, I can't fathom to believe that the Sharks and the Cowboys are the second and third best team in this competition. They, they're they just not up there for me. I feel like somehow they have flown under the radar for 25 weeks, so... um, For me, this is just another regular round. They're not quite giving me some strap-on September, and it's what I need at this time of the year. But hey, here's hoping that they can pull one out of the bag and put on an absolute show. I mean, strap-on September. Sharks has got a ring for it, but definitely not going to go there because they're LJ's team. So I have to go for the Cowboys. They got that young rookie who only came second in rookie of the year, Jeremiah Nanai, and
0: I think he'll be the one winning with the game-winner. Yeah, well, there's one deciding factor in this one, boys, and it's really going to come down to the Sharks' major sponsor, and that's Powerade. And you wonder why. You wonder why Powerade is going to influence this game so much. It's because that's what Nico Hines actually runs through us here. It gets everyone excited, makes them look fucking incredible. And he just really calls out the sponsors, you know, and just goes that extra effort. The boys actually suck on it whenever they concede a try. And then they come out firing and just the middles go forward and just get out of the end just fucking so easily. And it's all because of their major sponsor boys. So if there's one deciding factor, it's going to be them. Um, I'm not too sure who I'm going to pick to win because we also have Big Bad fucking Chad leading fucking troops. So it's a tough one. Hines or Big Bad Chad. And you know what? Sorry, LJ. I'm going to go with my boy Big Bad on this one. Cowboys to win.
1: Oh, Coach, that cut me pretty deep. That hits me in the pockets. But you know what? Someone else has been hit in the pockets lately. And that is Debbie herself. Now, we've actually got a fan question from deborah donwa um asking will we carry on the sponsorship into the final series which is a great question because not a lot of nil points scored so coach what are your thoughts well deborah you're
0: in luck because yes we do still run the debbie's donuts sponsorship over the uh, the nrl finals because we need cash and uh that cash money comes in quick uh over the final series especially when the raiders are in there but uh Yes, to answer your question, Debbie will be doing the rounds if anyone scores zero points over the final series. So keep on plugging for Debbie. She's done it really hard this season. I think she's only come in like four times this uh, year. So she's done it tough. We're going to keep her in business and she's going to keep giving us stacks of cash. So thanks for your uh, fan question there, Deborah. Yeah, we absolutely need the money. But they say
2: premierships are built on defense. So there is an absolute chance it could be some nil scores throughout these next four weeks. You know, we get limited options. But it's really going to bring the best of the best to bring a zero point game in there. So that's why we keep Debbie going through these finals. And the money, of course.
1: Yeah, just like the Sharks Cowboys over the weekend, where the Cowboys are going to get the donuts themselves. This next game (laughs) is one where I do not see any defense being played. And our next games to watch it is the Roosters v. Rabbits. It is the second elimination final. Yeah.
0: We got some games to watch. We got some games to watch
2: this weekend, and this is the fourth finals game of the weekend. It's going to wrap up week one, and we've got the Roosters versus the Rabbits. Now, I have been harping on about how the Rabbits are starting to come into form, but they have let us down last week. They got absolutely trounced. No, Damian Cook, Latrell Mitchell played like a sack of shit. We all, we all know what he did. Got Muppet of the Week. So it's going to take a lot for them to turn this game around and actually get up over the Roosters. And with it being an elimination final, it can't really go back on what I said earlier. So I have to say that the Roosters are going to win this one because they're going to be there come grand final time. So Roosters will win. I'll have to say that Tedesco is going to show Latrell why he is still the number one fullback in the game. And he will ice this bad boy with two tries in the last eight minutes to seal the deal coach how do you see this one going down?
0: Ooh. I'm gonna completely disagree with you there, man. As you mentioned, they didn't have cookie time. Latrell was being a bit of a mort and uh Murray did get, <laughs> get off the field quite early. So Bordy. if Murray can get back on the field, Bordy. then uh, I think the <laughs> then I think the Rabbits are in for a sure fucking chance to win this game. And come on, it's the Rooters. Like it's it's Sam Walker's team, boys. And yes, he scored a try last week, but fuck. It's, it's the Rooters, boys. They they don't deserve to get there in the grand final. They don't even deserve to be in the finals. So for me, rabbitos, they're my second team. I'm not being biased, but I think they're going to come away with the win here because they're going to get their whole team back. And cookie time, boys. Watch cookie time this weekend.
1: Oh, well, Enough about cookie time because you know it is session Sunday and the boys will be knocking some back as they turn this game on. There's going to be absolutely no defense. I can see minimum 30 points each team. And without Joey Manu, who's pulled a calf, I think the Rabbits might have it. I think the Rabbits have it early, have it often. I mean, Alex Small, Dick Johnson might actually score another meat pie. I mean, I hate it, but you know, them's the breaks. Roosters, them's the breaks.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully it's not a close game. Hopefully the Rabbits can get away with it. But, uh, boys, let's head on over to
1: our final steady of this week's podcast. LJ. Oh, now this one is sitting close to the heart. It is signing of the year. Cool. so we have <laughs> <laughs> so we have four nominations the first one is nico hines i mean he's taken the sharks from a team sitting outside the eight looking in doing a squid impersonation themselves to suddenly becoming second and for second choice we have adam reynolds i mean the Broncos almost made the top. <laughs> the Broncos almost made the top, hey, And then managed to like choke their way out in such majestical form that I still want Adam Reynolds there because I love it. Third, well, I've got Jamal Fogarty. He suddenly brought the team into the playoffs. He took the Titans to the playoffs last year. He didn't start the season for the Raiders and suddenly he's there and they're about to upset Melbourne. And fourth, you know, the biggest impact of the season maddie burden getting the bulldogs to 12th yeah. i mean <laughs> sometimes you just go to applaud taking shit up a hill and he got it all the way up the hill to 12th
2: i mean just like Dallin with the five-year plan maddie burden didn't want to jump straight to the top he's gonna he's gonna build it up over the years you know he's like oh you know little 12th this year maybe 10th next year you know we'll, we'll get the top eight
0: one day uh LJ mate, are those nominations legit? Did you actually go to the people for these noms? Because that looks like a fucking stacked nomination list for a particular sharks player. Hmm.
1: Interesting. I mean I went door to door in Cronulla, in Sutherland, um in Cronulla Sutherland, um at Points Bet Stadium, just to name a few. And the winner is, by popular demand, the most devastating landslide victory in steady history, Nico Hines, who took the Sharks from ninth to 2nd in one season. So, well done, Hines. Well done. YouTube to everyone else's mics, because well done. He's deserved it.
2: LJ, give me that piece of paper.
0: This is your handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jokes aside, though, boys. Nico Hines has definitely got to be signing of the year. Adam Reynolds was looking pretty good for the first half of the season, but then, <laughs> but then the Broncos bronco <laughs>
1: <laughs> The Broncos did themselves. You know, they brisbane all over it.
2: <laughs> I, fuck, I like that one, coach. The Broncos bronco. I'm
1: going to
2: have to use that. Well, they ain't definitely getting any money this year because they are bowed out of the competition. But if you want to get some money, follow us over to Nico Hines' favorite segment, TAB time.
1: G-G-B-G-G-B. Now, boys, I sound like a fucking broken record, but SIVO, SIVO, SIVO. Third week in a row, first try, double down, first try Papali to score any time. It's fucking easy money. I mean, it's the only way my mortgages are staying afloat, but boys, that's it is what it is, boys. It is what it is.
2: Shit, Alger, I don't think you quite understand what a floating mortgage is, but that's for another podcast. But you are absolutely wrong. Wrong player, wrong team, wrong everything. It has got to be the great Ivan Cleary's son, Nathan Cleary. <laughs> Rumor has it he's been training the house down while in suspension, and he loves a good strap on September, and will prove it this week. He will be eager, excited, and erect for this one. And he has gone across that white line first and win us some money, money. money, money.
0: Coach, who do you got this week? Oh, well, actually, shit, I think I've fucked up, boys, because I've been playing the NRL back three drinking game for the last two podcasts, listening back what we've actually talked about. And uh, I actually thought that LJ's been saying Papa Lee for first try scorer and Sevo for any time. So that's what I've put down, boys. I've put Papa Lee for uh, first try scorer and then Sevo to score any time, but... Clearly, uh, i got to stop playing the fucking NRL drinking game and listening back to the podcast. Fuck. And then opening my TAV account. It's probably the worst thing you can do, especially when uh, I'm giving away houses.
2: <laughs> I thought you did the old classic Ace Ventura, mate, you know, when LJ's going, like, oh, you know, Sivo first try, Papali, any try, try scorer. And then you're like, no, let's see that. In action replay, It was like,
0: yeah, pop <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then you know, see that anytime. time. But yeah, could be wrong. Could just be the drinking game. What a drinking game it is. Well, squid.
0: All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. That brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Finals is here, boys. Strap on September is in full force, and we're having a good time. So, Liz and gentlemen, we will see you right here next week on the NRL Back 3 podcast.
2: Do you know who's not having a good time? That absolute mort.